And welcome to the What's Next podcast, Sports Edition, Episode Six. Five episodes of this of the What's Next podcast is out already, and it has done wonders for the podcast, and it's because of you guys. So thank you all so much for your support and being with us on this journey of putting out episodes. We have consistently kept our promise and kept uploads daily. I mean, not daily, weekly episodes of the sports podcast out. So thank you all for you know, reciprocating our support and our hard work by giving love to the podcast, by downloading, sharing with your friends and doing all that stuff. So in the meantime, as you know, my name is Chanel Wilkins. My name is Nick Provenzano. And this is the sports edition of the West Next Podcast, episode six. Before we get started, of course, like I say all the time, if you don't already follow the West Next Podcast Instagram, please follow it. We have reached over a thousand followers and we are going to reach that 1100 followers soon. So if you haven't already, follow the Instagram underscore West Next Podcast underscore. If you don't know how to watch these episodes, you can find the you can find a link to the Apple Podcast and the Spotify Podcast in my Instagram bio. And you can also find the episodes on rss.com where you can get all your West Next Sports Edition content and your West Next Podcast Lifestyle content. Episode six of the West Next Podcast Lifestyle Edition is going to be about clubs and partying experiences. Check that out. But without further ado, let's dive into sports. Now, usually we start with football. We start talking about football because, I mean, what's big, What's going on bigger than football right now? I'm not saying this is bigger than football, but this is something that absolutely needs to be covered because it's just such a major story right now going on in basketball. And I think y'all know what I'm talking about. Draymond Green, you know, is taking a leave of absence from the Golden State Warriors after video surfaced of him knocking out Jordan Poole in practice. If you don't, if you haven't seen the video already, I've seen it about 15 times now. They've been playing it all over ESPN, CBS Sports, wherever you can find sports content. They have been playing this time and time again. And... Now it's time for us to give our thoughts on a public forum about it. So, Nick, I want to start with you. What did you think of Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole in practice? So um, I think an issue has been – I think Draymond did make an issue about the whole incident and about – I think an apology was made up yeah. to the team and I think to Jordan about the incident. And, uh, man, this is not kind of the way that you – want to start your season as defending champs of the NBA. Like, it's just not how you would want to have some camaraderie or in, in, in the locker room or obviously in the NBA. You know, the difference in the NBA and, and, and the NFL, I feel like to me, is that this is a very, like, it's a very superstar-driven league where I feel like the NFL is that to an extent, but, you know, the NFL is a 53, 53-man roster. The NBA is a 15-man roster, and I feel like when you have all these superstars, egos and different ideas are going to clash. And obviously, this incident has happened where, you know, Draymond and Jordan Poole obviously didn't see, like, eye-to-eye on some things, and they were taking shots at each other, you know, back and forth. And it all culminated when you saw that video where they kind of just came to blows. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, it did look like Draymond obviously instigated a lot of it. But, you know, it's just who Draymond is. He's not, you know, afraid to, like, to clap back at somebody. That's never been who he is. He's always been that, and he doesn't shy away from it. And, um, you know, 
we just had to talk about this. Like it's it's a, like even though this is primarily a football podcast that we usually run, like it's this is just something that shakes up the sports world because now he's on a leave of absence from the team. And I think that Steve Kerr answered a reporter in saying that we don't know what when he's going to be back on the team we're going to return back, which is huge. So, you know, the NBA world is in a very weird place right now, uh, especially as the new season is dawning upon us. And, uh, yeah, I just my overall thoughts is a very crazy, very crazy week. Unbelievably crazy week. And, I, you know, news about this is, is coming by the hour um, as far as, like, what's going on with the Golden State Warriors, what's what was said, what wasn't said, and all the speculation and rumors that go on. I just want to say this. I think no matter what was said, pretty much, Dray, Dray, and Draymond is a man enough to admit, he went, I'll give him credit, he took questions from the media, he sat in front of everyone and admitted that he was wrong for what he did, but rightfully so, because he was wrong. You know, you... I think it didn't matter what Jordan Poole said, and I can't imagine the thing that could warrant a, a reaction like that was said by Jordan Poole. And and I mean, like, talking about his wife, his kids, or something like that. I can't imagine Jordan Poole would ever say something like that to Draymond, no matter what they're talking about. I th- I'm pretty sure it's just simple trash talk. And even if Jordan Poole was g- carrying on a little too much, you cannot hit your teammates like that. And it's as simple as that. You know, because the way he swung on him and knocked him out, he hit him as if it was a stranger. You know, like, I try to think of it as, like, your friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really rock with your friends like that, and let's say y'all get into an argument, you're not, I don't think you're swinging on your friends with the intent to knock him out. That swing was clearly intended to knock Jordan Poole the fuck out. He hit him as if they had beef going on for a while. That's how you hit that's how you hit someone who you very much dislike. It wasn't like a quick, you know, pop to the jaw or a quick jab. It was a haymaker that knocked him clean the hell out. So, you know, obviously a suspension is warranted. And, you know, people are talking about how this also could be because of contract talks. You know, Draymond wants more money and he may or may not be on his way out. Jordan Poole is gonna, might get a big extension with the Warriors and everything, so it could have something to do with do with that and just money moving around in the Golden State Warriors franchise. So with all that going on, I'm sure it's very stressful on top of what's, whatever's going on in per, in the personal life of Draymond or Jordan Poole. So it's an unfortunate situation, like you said, for the defending champs. And uh, it's going to be tough to – and this is going to be tough to recover from because I'm just imagining it as a human being, like, you get you get hit like that by somebody, especially someone who you consider someone you like, maybe a friend. I'm not sure if they're necessarily friends, but you know, someone you have respect for. Someone hits you like that, and not only that, but it leaks all over the internet, which is not Draymond's fault, by the way. It's who it's whoever is responsible for leaking that video should immediately be fired, and. You know, you you can argue you might sh- you should just fire the whole entire video staff, but you don't want the whole video staff fired for something one person did. It's unfortunate that it happened for every for all sides, but especially Jordan Poole, because no one wants to be seen knocked out on the entire world platform. So it's unfortunate the video got out, so it's going to be hard to move on, and we're just going to see how this all plays out.
any problem. Yeah, yeah, just really quick. Uh, I, I I agree really uh, real quick about everything you said, especially about like someone who you respect and maybe someone you, that he might have admired. Because of the situation, you are always going to probably see that person in a new light now, whether that be positively, more negatively than already is. It's going to be a different situation in that locker room, though. That's all I just need to add. Yeah, it like yeah, it's gonna be a completely different situation in the locker room for not only Jordan Poole but for everyone. Like Draymond's gonna have to work extremely hard to gain the respect back in the locker room because as the leader of that locker room and as the main enforcer in that locker room, his what he says and what he does matters a lot. And the fact that he did something so egregious is going to pay a huge penalty. And if he does build that trust back, it's gonna take a whole lot. So. And possibly it can move him. This incident could, because it went viral, move him out of the Warriors, which hopefully doesn't happen, but it could. And also, now that we talked about the Draymond incident, another big thing happened in sports. You know, in one sport, there's a playoff. There is a big playoff series going on. There's a bunch of big playoff series now. Uh, in fact, a wild card game happened last night between the San Diego Padres and. A lot of your New York Mets, you know, a big game happened in the wild card, and the San Diego Padres destroyed the Mets um, this game 6-0 uh, with two runs by the Padres in the eighth. And overall, just a dominant game by the Padres, only allowing one hit throughout the entire game for the New York Mets. So this is significantly bad for our local Mets, and I just want to know your thoughts on this matchup. Okay, so my dad is a huge, huge Mets fan, and he's also, um, I don't mentioned on the on the podcast before, but he's also a big Packers fan. And uh, he can only root for the Packers now, and he's not very confident in that because his Mets are out. And, yeah. um, dude, I just, like, seeing, like, my dad's, like, happiness, like, getting torn from him, I'm not going to lie, was a little bit funny. But it was also <laughs> very tragic because I just saw this man – like say like like the whole season the whole time I we like I've been in like this new semester of Kane like he the whole semester he has been going since September he was like oh we gotta get a get a hold of this division before the Braves catch up the Braves are catching up the Braves are catching up and they finally did toward the end of the season when they got into this to their last series together and the Mets blew it against them which meant that the Braves got the one seed which means they got the bye. Which means that you know the Mets had to get into the wild card game, and the Padres then just eliminate them right out from the wild card. So it was a very, and I don't blame all you Mets fans. It was a very rough, not a couple of like two weeks to be a Mets fan because you just saw your team get rid of that of that that first place that first seed position just to drop down to the wild card game just to get eliminated like that. It's very rough. My condolences to New York and uh, to the end to the Mets. Like it's it's a rough one. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, it's a, it's a rough day for Mets fans, but it's not it's not really a rough day for New York because guess who's still in the playoffs? The New York Yankees, my my team, my New York Yankees are still very much in the playoffs right now. They are going to be playing against the Guardians on Monday. You know, next Monday, hopefully. So we'll see about that. But, you know, for for a lot of these Mets fans, and I know there's quite a few of y'all, uh, it's unfortunate, but 
Joe Musgrove really lit you all up. You know, seven <laughs> innings only allowing one hit the whole entire time and five strikeouts. He left you all with absolutely nothing. He left you all at the plate looking silly. Uh, a lot of y'all had a, a lot of the Mets players had terrible games. Pete Alonso was the only one who hit the ball at all. I mean, you know, Jeff I mean, McNeil yeah, did he's nothing. Pete, he's Pete Alonso, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's because Pete Alonso, but I mean, the rest of your team did nothing. Eduardo Escobar, nothing. Jeff McNeil, was he even there? Uh, you know, Brandon Nemo, nothing. Like you, like they couldn't do a goddamn thing against the San Diego Padres pitching. And now y'all just or, or, uh, or Francisco Lindor. <laughs> exactly. So y'all just gonna have to wait till next year to hopefully be a little more formidable. And I was uh, really quick. I was surprised that McNeil just we didn't hear anything because McNeil's been one of the more reliable hitters on the Mets the entire right. season, and I'm just surprised that he was also quiet in the game too. Six to nothing. God, I went on a fucking Wawa run and I forgot the score, and then and then I looked back as like, and I was like, at least my girlfriend, I was like, babe, the Mets lose. It's like guess that yeah they lost. We guess guess the score, and I was like four to two, and she was like six nothing. I was like what? <laughs> God, six man. nothing. Couldn't Listen, do a goddamn thing. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I'm excited to watch the um, playoffs for the MLB. Like, tomorrow there's going to be some really good games. Like, my the Phillies – well, not my Phillies, but a lot of people's Phillies. Uh, they will be going against the Atlanta Braves tomorrow um, at 1 o'clock, unfortunately, during work, so I can't watch it. But that should be a fun game, one divisional series. Yeah, uh, and then – yeah, I just want to add really quick. My my friend uh, who's who's been in Georgia for about I think he's gonna be in year three in Georgia, moving there to get a to for his for his job. He's been repping the Braves the entire time. He came to visit me in Jersey on uh like last weekend, and he was wearing Braves stuff. And my dad was just like, "Tell him to get the hell out of the house." <laughs> it was really funny. But uh, after but, yeah. after one month of being in Atlanta, he's all of a sudden a Braves fan. No, I mean he's he's about to be in three years in Atlanta, almost three okay, years. Okay, okay, about but, to say. But, but, but yeah, he's he's fully he's fully decked out in Braves. He came to my house the other day and fully decked out Braves gear. So uh, you know he's still repping them. Uh, he, and he he's been following baseball a lot more than me recently. So Neil, shout outs to you. And uh, you know, I know you're in my division, but you know your team is still in it. So we'll, we'll see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, the Braves are good. The Braves are very good to give them credit, but in my opinion, not better than my Yankees. So let let's just hope that's the case. Hopefully, the Yankees go all the way. That's so that's just what I'm rooting for. Yeah, we'll go see. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, you're the goat. Now, well, not the goat, cause no one beats Derek Jeter in my heart. No yeah, one beats Derek Jeter. Says, you can't just call him the goat. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one beats that man. Um, in my love for him. Now. Pause. Now, <laughs> let's get into what y'all really came here for. I just we just need to address that, and there'll be more talk about the MLB playoffs because I think it's been fantastic this season. But let's get into something that had always been fantastic: football, NFL Week Five. What a week that we had! Um, a very thankful week that we had. And let's dive into something because into a particular game because major news came out immediately after that game less than 24 hours because the coach got fired in in this game carolina got beat down by the san francisco 49ers 37 to 15 and now they're one and four and without their head coach matt rule nick 
Tell me what you think. Okay, so back when we when I start, started this podcast again with uh, with Chanel, he brought me onto the show. You guys remember, I picked the Panthers to win or at least get into the wild card spot. And boy, does this team go off to one of the most disappointing starts to a season I've ever seen in my entire life. They're making Jimmy Garoppolo look like, and I, even though I like Jimmy, they're still making him look like he's like fucking Joe Montana out there in a 49ers uniform. Like, we think we're going to travel back in time for this. But yeah, that, that run game and that offense just did a number on, 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 uh, on Carolina. And Carolina, obviously... They got no answers to, to, to anything that they had. I mean, Baker Mayfield, I mean, he had like 20 completions, 36 attempts, 215 yards and a pick. Uh, they had no, like Christian McCaffrey only had 54 yards on the entire game. Nothing really doing receiving. I mean, honestly, and I wanted to bring this up. And I brought this up before we started this podcast. But um, this whole like Matt Rule firing. Right, it almost seemed like it was writing was on the wall by like the last week. I didn't think it would happen this early in the season, but they just got rid of him. And um, for all of the football fans, I, I think that everybody's kind of re- remembering that Sean Payton was a name that was kind of like floating around there after he kind of left the Saints in a little bit of an absence. And um, I feel like this was a move done to try to get Sean Payton back into a football locker room and uh, to have him coach a team because as of right now, they don't have a coach and at least not a coach that uh, is going to draw any names. And, you know, Sean Payton, you know, obviously as a Bucks fan, I can tell you that, you know, he's definitely has kicked our ass multiple seasons in a row. And uh, he's just a great defensive head coach. And I know that he can he can uh, be the minister of a great offense as well. And um, I know that there was reports early in the year that the Dolphins and Tom Brady and Sean Payton were going to be in this gigantic marriage in the season. That never happened. But there are still very much talks of him returning, not this season, but next season, though, coaching. And this seems like a very – this reeks of, like, desperateness because they're like, please, like, somebody, big-time head coach, come to our team because this guy – College coach obviously didn't work out, so we need a veteran coach. Please, please, please. This is what it seems like. I want to hear your thoughts about it, though, Chanel. Uh, I feel disappointed in the Panthers because I honestly don't think this was Matt Rule's fault that they are this bad. Obviously, as the coach, you have something to do with it. It's not like he's like not accountable whatsoever. You're the coach. But I think you have to look at your personnel. You have to look at the fact that Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold were your two best options. And sorry for all the Baker fans, but he's not that guy. He's not that guy at all. And I think this season is really proving that he's just not who y'all want him to be. Christian McCaffrey is always injured, always hurt. He might as well have one leg out there. And then receivers, who the hell do you have at receivers? When Christian McCaffrey might as well be your best receiver. A DJ Moore? I mean... He's okay. He's okay, but... I know I mean, he's not very doing well in fantasy because of Baker. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you can't get the ball to him. You know, when you're off in the line is allowing Baker to get sacked all the time and Baker Mayfield, when he isn't getting sacked, is just throwing the ball away or doing two-yard dumps and not doing much. Not much you can do. You will forget that he's a pretty okay receiver, but Christian McCaffrey might be a bad receiver 
and or at least more targeted receiver. And you and it's not like you can do a whole lot because Christian McCaffrey is hobbled on one leg pretty much. So it's unfortunate for the Panthers, but you know hopefully their grand plan of getting Sean Payne works out for them. Because if it doesn't, this really really looks bad. Not for Matt Rule because even if he even after the fire, he is still owed north of forty million dollars because he was on a seven-year, sixty-two million dollar contract as a coach to right. turn this team around. And it's funny after six months, after six months of the owner being like, "Yeah, I love Matt Rule. Matt Rule's gonna take us to the take us so far, and I believe in him." And blah blah blah. Six months later, you fire him. That's just kind of messed up. But yeah. And I mean, Rule's probably gonna go somewhere in college again. And I heard I heard some rumors about Nebraska or some other colleges that could use him. And you know, I feel like his career is gonna keep on going. So I mean, maybe maybe yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't really think that this was all Rule's fault. It could be a little bit, could not be. We won't really figure out the entire details maybe until the off season happens. But you know, we'll we'll see what Carolina does to try to fix this after. After this firing. Not absolutely. Uh, now let's get to the Thursday night game, which was not a game so fun to watch, but more the impact was kind of interesting. Overtime game, no touchdown scored. It was 12 to 9. Indianapolis Colts win. The Denver Broncos lose again. Nick, what the hell's going on in Denver? I, dude, I wish I could tell you. I don't even – Denver used to be a team that I was just like – I was really hoping that they would get their quarterback situation fixed. And then, they, then like, for the years, they went through Paxton Lynch. They went through Trevor Simeon, you know, Brock Osweiler to try to get, like, the Case Keenum, you know, people to try to get Teddy Bridgewater to get this – sorry, I keep thinking of, of names because they had so many after Peyton Manning, but they keep trying to get the next person, right? after him because that's what they were searching for but that never happened and now it looked like they, they finally got it in that big trade with seattle to you know to uh get a superstar quarterback and you all know it's crazy the guy who was his backup in seattle is looking better than him make looking way better than him right now i might very much agreed very much yeah agreed. so Let's dive on into it. So the the, 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 Bron- the Broncos lost to the Colts in another, oh God, I want to shoot myself. This is so boring type of affair because, <laughs> God, it was. like Okay, so Matt Ryan obviously didn't look that well, too. He also had two interceptions. And this game is not meant about the Colts. It's really meant about the Broncos uh, because Russell Wilson looked bad, too. I mean, he also had two interceptions in this game. And – this offense, like, I just want to go back, like, to, like, the previous weeks that we've had. I mean, what, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the game against uh, the, in the Colts, right, I think Russell Wilson had K.J. Hamler wide open in the end zone, and he decided to test Stefan fucking Gilmore, defensive player of the year, on, on a route, like, on, like, a slant route. Like, come on, bro. Like, you're obviously going to lose that. It's 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 like why would you test the one of the best corners in the entire league? I mean, I, I I don't know. And I think like they obviously that offense came up short against the Raiders. Uh, uh, you know, of all people, the Raiders who we thought we were just gonna write them off like this week because like I mean that week because they were gonna be like 0 and 4. But no, guess who they win was against the Broncos, and then they barely won. 
thanks to their, their defense and Jimmy Garoppolo walking out of the end zone, they barely won against that San Francisco game. Uh, what's going on with Denver? It's crazy. I mean, like, Russell Wilson does not look like the million trillion dollar quarterback that they were hoping to get. It doesn't look like anything that he's going to be the next coming of Peyton Manning in Denver, which is funny because he was actually the one to beat Peyton Manning for a ring, which is the funniest part about all of this. And he's the one replacing him, his old team. And it looks like that he's not getting it done. So far this season, Russell Wilson has four touchdowns and three interceptions. And he, it's just, yeah, sorry, you're just not going to win in the National Football League putting up that close kind of number, especially when Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts and Josh, and Josh Allen are like popping off with all their touchdown scores and everything like that because they're getting their team in the end zone. And he's not doing it, and this offense is getting frustrated. I'm getting frustrated about Nathaniel Hackett, too, and his play calling and that horrible decision in the Seattle game all those weeks ago about going for it. Um, is going for like a field goal, like that length, like this all smells bad. And I'll tell you what, I've heard some interviews from, from uh, Mark Sherrill, I think his name is, uh, obviously won a lot of Super Bowls with the, with the Broncos. But um, he, he was saying amongst the Broncos faithful that the hot seat for Nathaniel Hackett is very much alive. And like, it's only going to intensify as these weeks go on. And I was telling you before we started the podcast, that listen, I mean, yeah, duh. I mean, he's going to be on the hot seat if they keep losing games. But I mean, like, who are they going to get? Who are they going to get rid of? The guy who they just traded, one of the biggest, made the biggest trades in the NFL history to go get and extend him for like that that much, uh, you know, games. Or are they going to fire the guy who, you know, they're going to fire the guy who they just hired as like the coach during like during the start of the season. So I mean, that's all I got to say about it. But the Broncos. They got to make some changes. They got to figure this out, or else it's going to be a bad news for the rest of the team. I mean, you said it pretty much all there, and I just want to add this before we move on to the next game. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is playing like Brock Osweiler. He is playing like all the. He's playing like a Keys Case Keenum, and who who else do they have? All all the all the terrible backup quarterback that they had. He fits right in right now. Kind of sucks for them, but it is what it is. Hopefully they bounce back on Monday against the Chargers. Probably not, though. Now, let's talk about our New York football. Well, not my New York football Giants, but a lot of yours in the West Next podcast audience. A lot of your New York football Giants. They had a nice win. They are now 4-1, and one, and they beat the Green Bay Packers 27-22. to 22. And my question is, uh, for you, Nick, if how far do you think the Giants can go this season? Dude, I thought they're gonna hit a roadblock this season. I was like, it's the Packers. They're gonna, they're gonna. It's gonna be. I thought the score was gonna be reversed. I thought it was gonna be the Packers winning a hard-fought game against the Giants, but I, I clearly I was wrong. It's clearly the Giants winning a hard-fought game against the Packers, and that defense showed up. Thibodeau showed up. I mean, D- Daniel Jones showed up. Like this team, and my dad is a big Packers fan. Was like. He outright admitted, like he was like, I think Daniel Jones outplayed Aaron Rodgers today, like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I kind of agree with him. Um, these guys can go far, man. Like, I, like this defense, I think is for real. I don't think that they. I mean, I still it's, a, it's still a tough division. I don't think that they are necessarily the, as good defense as Philadelphia or the Cowboys defenses, but it's still a very good defense and. I think that they're going to be able to do a lot of good stuff 
you know, in this div- in this division and uh, in the NFC. I think the NFC is relatively weak now, and who knows? They might have a situation where the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles are all in the playoffs, which is crazy. Let's look at their schedules, though. They get they got the the Ravens up next. Not 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 the best. The Jags go either way. Seahawks can go either way. Texans, I think they should win that game. Lions, not the throw-up game. Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders. And then a bunch of division games, Vikings, uh, Colts, you know. There's a lot of games that could go either way, honestly, depending on how much faith you have in this giant squad. But I feel like there's a lot of winnable games. I know I wrote them off a while back in my predictions. But Giants, you're proving me wrong. And I told everybody on the show... I invite you to prove me wrong, and you guys have. So, Big Blue, shout-outs to you. I will, And I actually want to say I'm actually going to be at that Giants and Ravens game. Like, I'm going to be I'm gonna be in MetLife Stadium watching that game, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, if you see me, come say hi. You know, definitely welcome to take pictures and whatnot. I think, like, I'm actually famous out here, you know. <laughs> No, honestly, it's one. If one person does that, that's gonna make my fucking whole fucking month. I promise you. If someone actually comes up and, and it's like, "Oh, I watched the West Neck podcast. Can I take a picture?" I'll I'll fucking lose my mind. I'll actually. Yeah, that's gonna mind. happen. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you never know. You never know. Hey, hey, over a thousand people follow the Instagram. Over, just remember that. All right. Okay, no. yeah, I know, I know. But if somebody comes up to my dumbass and, wa- and wants to take a picture of me, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to be like, thank you so much. I'm sorry you have to listen to my dumbass on the podcast all the time, but thank you for listening. Now, I do want to talk about a shutout game real quick. Uh, the Patriots came in to Foxborough. The Lions decided to visit, and they got kicked the fuck out brutally as it was 0-29. to Pass dominate the Lions. My question for you is about the Lions. You know, they look good in the beginning of the season, and now they kind of are kind of falling apart a little bit. Who is to blame for the Lions' big debacle right now? Um, You know, I think it's a lot of it. I think it's their defense. I just think the Lions aren't – like, if you, you saw it with the Philadelphia game, that they couldn't get a stop against Philadelphia – you see a lot of their games against the Vikings this year and a bunch of other teams. They're, they're really struggling to, like, get defensive stops to help their offense get back on the field. Goff isn't doing absolutely as horrible as we all thought he would be, but, I mean, he didn't play well this game. He threw 19, t- 19 completions, 35 attempts, and he had a pick. Didn't throw over 250 yards. The game, the ground game didn't do well, but, I mean, like, Ultimately, I mean, like, this this team needs to not be so pummeled on the defensive side. And I feel like that's what they need to address in the next draft, I feel like. I don't, honest, honestly, I'm really hammering for I don't think this team should get rid of big old MCDC, Motor City, Dan Campbell. I think that he's a great coach. I think they got a great coaching staff. I just think that they're just, they're just the players are just not putting it together. I just think that's the product we see on the field. But really quick. I know this is about the Lions, but can we just talk about Bailey Zappi? Like, I mean, like, he's actually fit in pretty well. And I'm very glad. I'm not glad that Brian Hoyer got injured, but I'm glad that that he because I don't I, I like Hoyer. I don't want him to get injured. I, I think he's been he's about in the league. But I know a Hoyer is. 
we didn't we didn't know what Bailey Zappi is. And I think Bailey Zappi is doing a fine job this week, and I feel like that he helped the team, you know, win this game. Uh, you know, I thought he did enough to protect the ball. He did throw an interception, but he protected the ball enough. I'm excited to see this Patriots team with Bailey Zappi. I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm I'm really interested. But uh, Lions, just to go back, Lions, you gotta figure out what's gonna happen on the defense side of the ball. Defense wins championships at the end of the day, and they need to figure out how to do that. If they want to eventually, it's a long road, but eventually get to that point, they're going to have to start fixing this defense if they want to try to get into, like, some really big game territory. Nick, I think you could complete passes against this Lions defense. I don't know why you're so hype about Bailey Zappi after he beat the Lions. Oh, wow, congratulations, you beat the Lions defense. Again, like I said before, Nick, you could probably get at least five passes on this defense. Like, they're atrocious. It's clearly the defense that's the problem with the Lions right now. Like, there's only – I think the offense is just kind of discouraged because it almost doesn't matter how many points you put up. You just know the defense is just going to take it all away from you and take away all that hard work that you put in. We'll see once Bailey Zappi actually had the real game to see what he's about. And I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, Stevenson was the one who carried the game. I mean, he had 161 rushing yards. But I right. mean, like, but I mean, like, I, I still think that the, that that you know he's kind of like the typical like Belichick guy. Like, don't turn the ball over. He did play well in the in the in the Packers game. You gotta give him that. But you know, mm-hmm. I just think that he's gonna do well. And I feel like that the Patriots team. I don't know. I don't know. Why do I feel like the, the, the a little controversial take, but why do I feel like that this team might actually look better without Mac Jones? Like, I don't know why. It just seems like that, like, it just seems a whole lot better when, like, because Jones did not look good during the season that much. I think he looked pretty poor in certain areas. And I feel like maybe Zappi gives this team a little bit of energy that they never had before. When they face a real defense, I think you're going to figure out all this Bailey Zappi talk that you're spewing right now is complete <laughs> horse shit. Probably. Know? Probably, but we'll see. All right. You're, you're absolutely right. We will see. Now, to get to another game that was quite of interest, especially to you, Mr. Nicholas, we talked about on the last episode how you were going to react if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the Atlanta Falcons. So, unfortunately, we don't get to see you cry on the podcast. And the Buccaneers did end up defeating the Atlanta Falcons. Not without a little bit of a worry there when the Atlanta Falcons tried to come back in the fourth quarter. But they did all, but Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did outlast the Falcons. So, with that being said, I know I'm supposed to have a question for you, but I know you're just going to have fun with this. So, go off. Okay. So. I think the, the the one question that I think I talked to you beforehand was like, are the Bucks good now? And the question is, no, no, they're not good. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like they let the Falcons almost get back into the game. I mean, how how is that good? Like, you're like I'm I'm just gonna go back to the expectations we have this year. Okay, this is a Brady's. We think is last season, right? I mean, let's be honest. We think this is last season. He doesn't look that good to start off the year. And now we have this, right? Now we have this team scoring 21, and we don't score any more points, and we're letting the Falcons come back into the game. Like, it is absolutely – like, I was sitting there, and I was keeping my calm 
as much as I'm talking to my girlfriend. I don't want to get mad at her a lot when I talk to the when I football games and everything like that. But she knows I get red hot about my bucks. And boy, I was really trying to keep my calm watching this team slowly try to give up, um, you know, their entire points to the Falcons, the uh, like offense. And Mario didn't even do good that game. It was their rushing offense that really led the team down the field multiple times. And I just want to say, for all of, uh, Falcons fans, I would just want to also say that that call against against Tom Brady about roughing the passer was absolutely horseshit. You guys deserve to not have that call. You guys at least deserve to have at least one shot to get the ball down the field. And, uh, yeah, it was just – it wasn't a good call. It fell to the refs on that one, but, you know. Uh, stand, but but just to go back to my question, the Bucks are not okay. We are – we still need a lot of cleaning up to do. And uh, we'll see. We have a very, very, very tough schedule. One that – the one that – I feel like most people are kind of trying to forget. The next couple of games, we got the Steelers. We do have the Panthers. We should beat them. I will also run on this podcast for as long as I fucking deal with if we lose to the Panthers. And then we have the Ravens, the Rams, and then the Seahawks. We have a tough schedule. So, no, we're not okay. We are not okay, and I'm very scared. That's all I got to say. Now I want to talk about my team. Now that you talked about your Florida team, I'm going to talk about my Florida team. The Dolphins lost to the Jets 40-17 to early in the game. Teddy Bridgewater um, was taken out of the game, and he was out the rest of the game with uh, elbow injury and also protocol concussion. He doesn't have a concussion because of the new protocol um, inspired by the Miami Dolphins and Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was not eligible to play the rest of that game, and we had to rely on Skylar Thompson, who I like. Like before, I go off a little bit and express my deep concern right now for the Miami Dolphins. Is it time to be concerned? My question: Yes, it's time to be concerned. Not for the reason that you think, though. I just want to start off by saying this is nothing personal against Skylar Thompson. I think he can be good one day. Uh, I do believe in him. To maybe be all maybe be all right for this franchise and have a good career, but he right now it's not it. You know, clearly he was thrown in a bad situation, and there's just not much he can do. Now I will say this: our inconsistent ass defense needs to figure it out. You're either going to be a good defense or you're not. But you need to figure it out right now what type of defense you are going to be. Because 40 points against Zach Wilson is not going to work, all right? You are not, and also, you are not going to let Michael Carter score three touchdowns on, or sorry, two touchdowns on your ass. You're not going to let Hall run for 97 yards on only 18. You're just not going to do that, all right? You You need to figure out when you are going to play and play consistently, all right? We can't have you be good one day and then, Terrible the next day. That's just we are not gonna win games like that. Cause now Tua Tagovailoa, we don't know how long he's gonna be out. It and we don't know what's gonna be the impact after he comes back. Teddy Bridgewater, I like Teddy as a backup quarterback, but now we're not comfortable anymore. So now he has to win games, and I'm concerned he might not be able to win games because our schedule does not get easy. We have to face the Vikings. They are a good team this year. We should be able to whoop the Steelers, I, or at least, God, God, I hope we do on Sunday night. 
Sunday night, October twenty third, we face the Steelers. Hopefully, we can beat them. Hey man, I, I I'm not. I don't know. The Steelers could. I don't know. I'm fighting them next week, so I don't know. And, and, and don't 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 do that. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know. But we need to beat the Vikings. I I, I just want to say that. I think next game is a must win, so the Dolphins fans like myself can still hold on to fate. Cause uh, you know, after cause after that, we do have a decent schedule. You know. The Steelers are not that good. Um, the Chicago Bears aren't that good. But right now, we're not that good. So we mix right in. And we need to not mix right in. And we need to prove ourselves as an elite team like we proved ourselves the first three weeks when we whooped on the Ravens and we whooped on the Buffalo Bills. We need to get back to that and you know forget that the Bengals and Jets ever happened. So that's my little rant about my Miami team. I am praying for them to do something good next week. Speaking of teams that need to pray, they need to do something good next week. The Seattle Seahawks and the Saints have a game, a fun game. However, the Seahawks did not come out as a beneficiary. Beneficiary, as I, I why do I even say that word if I can't say it? The the Saints. <laughs> a benef- a beneficiary. Beneficiary, yes. I said it right. Thank you, Nick. The Saints, I know a team that you don't very like very much, but they did go out, play a good game, and win against the Seattle Seahawks, 39-32. to 32. And the big topic of this game, I think we all know who it is. It's, it's your favorite player, Taysom Hill, on the ground, 112 yards, three touchdowns, and then a touchdown throwing the ball, that man played like a fucking pro. I just want to talk about I just want you to talk about him. What are your thoughts on Taysom Hill uh this game as he had a breakout breakout game? Oh my god. I mean listen, I hate the Saints, but boy, can I admit that Taysom Hill is a very good he's a very good player. Like I always say that he is the jack of all trades, master of none player. Like he can play quarterback. He won't be that good at quarterback, but he can play it. He'll be good as a receiver. He'll be good as a running back, and he'll do all of these things. Dude, Taysom Hill went off. He went off against 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 this team. And uh, it, it, I'll say this. It was a very nice showing for Taysom Hill. But, um, you know, ultimately, ultimately, like – this spoke volumes more about Seattle and their lack. Because I know what I talked about previously about the Lions defense and how the Lions defense don't, doesn't exactly have, you know, much options at the defensive end. I feel the exact same way when it comes to the Seattle defense. I think Geno is playing his ass off right now. And I think that this, this offense is not getting benefited by how bad their defense is. Like, like I, I don't want people to see the ending drive of how this offense got let down. And, and, like, let themselves down and be like, oh, well, it was all Geno and the offense's fault. Like, no, no, no. Why is the Saints beating up on them that much? The Seattle defense is downright putrid. And I know that, that Pete Carroll knows that. And we'll see if he can make some adjustments to it. But, you know, I feel like this gives game spoke more about, about the defense of Seattle. But, yeah, to answer your question, Taysom Mills is a very good player. I mean, there's a reason why they signed him to that much of a contract that much of an extension the other year ago. But, um, yeah, he's just doing what he's doing. Saints, you're 2-3. and three. How are you not 0-5? We'll see how this goes on in the next couple of weeks. 
Sounds like a true hater on the Saints right there. But <laughs> yeah, being on a team you should you definitely shouldn't be hating on. The Eagles are still flying and spreading their wings that they are undefeated this season still after being the Arizona Cardinals 22-17. Not the cleanest game, but they still won and they're still undefeated. So with that being said, at the only undefeated team, I think it's time to ask. Are they the best team in the NFL right now? That's a very loaded question. And I would also like to preference that I think that the NFC is incredibly weaker this year. That the Packers don't really look like themselves. The Bucks definitely don't look like themselves. And the, the Rams, I uh, know we're going to get to them later. They definitely don't look like themselves. So, I mean, yeah. like the Eagles are really taking the NFC by storm. I'm not ready to say, though, however, that they are the best team. I think they're easily top three. I think they're easily top three, probably top two. I'm not too sure. Well, who's better? The Buffalo Bills. I think that the Buffalo Bills are. Like, I know that they've had some, some, you know, ups and downs throughout the the season. But, boy, you saw what Josh Allen could do against against the team – uh, like 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 the Steelers, and that was really much a bounce-back game for them, which makes me a little bit confident that I think that the Bucks could do a little bit better against the Steelers, not going to lie, seeing the Bills beat up on them. But I also got to remind myself is that Tom Brady is not Josh Allen right now. Like, there was Brady in his prime, and now there's Josh Allen doing it. Every single fucking thing in the book. Like, dude, Josh Allen... You know the real question is? You know the real question this topic should be? Is, uh, is Josh... Can we just give Josh Allen the MVP right now? Like, can we just, like, give it to him right now? Like, I, 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 he'd get some votes for it. I think so. Him, Jalen Hurts, maybe some, me. I think Saquon would get some votes right now, too. Uh, but, but you know, if we had to give give one MVP, I think that goes to, to big boy Josh, Joshua Allen over there. But uh, he, um, very impressive. I know he's going to do everything everything in his power to make this Bills team win. And, uh, dude, like, I'm not going to lie. They were my. They were, I think I said this before. The Bills are my pick to win the Super Bowl, and uh, I am very confident in that outcome being a reality. I love how you don't even mention the Eagles throughout that whole thing because you're just fanboying over Josh Allen. No, listen, listen. I love. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but listen, I love the Eagles. I love what they can do, but I think it all comes down to the quarterback position. And I know that Jalen Hurts also has the most rushing touchdowns in the league, but. I think he's only had five throwing five uh, touchdowns like in total for like entire like the passing game, and he has two interceptions. So I mean, like, listen, the, let's be honest here, dude. Who would you rather have throwing the ball, Jalen Hurts or, or, or Josh Allen? That's not the question. Yeah, but 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 it is if they if these guys are if I'm talking about the best team in football, right? If I had these two teams go head to head, who's winning? Who do you think is winning? And you fight this team every year. You're gonna tell me that you don't think you don't give the Bills a great chance to be to beat the if the Bills and the Eagles fought today, who would win? Well, where are we playing? It doesn't matter. I, yes, they, it both, does. they both play in very cold environments. So why does it matter? One plays yeah. in Buffalo, the other one plays in Philly. Like Well, we're talking about two totally different fan bases though. Philly the whole nother fan base. I know, I know, and the paid and the Bills fans love slamming each other through tables like they're in extreme <laughs> rules. Like that's a, that does not. Make sure to watch that episode, by the way. We react to extreme rules, by the way. So make sure to check out that episode. Check out that one, yes. But uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. But I mean, I feel like 
Location shouldn't matter. They play in both cold environments. I mean, just because they got the fans, they're not they're not playing the twelfth man. They're not going to Arrowhead with the, with that cr- fan, like crowd level of noise. They're playing against in cold weather. I mean, so who would you think rather? Anybody's game. I think that's anyone's game, Nick. You think it's anyone's game? Yeah. I love the Eagles, but I would give it to right now. I'd give it to the Bills, and the Eagles mm-hmm. really have to have a really big statement win. I, I think I think this. If the Eagles, in my opinion, could just put away, like put away the Giants and the Cowboys candidly, I will believe that they are the top. You know what I mean? Like because I saw that the Bills couldn't get it done against you guys, and I know that that was a lot like mental shit with Josh Allen. I know that was a lot of him like not knowing the plays and shit, or not getting the ball out in time and everything like that. And they might have killed, they might have shot themselves against the foot in Miami. But the fact of the matter is, Miami still beat them. You know what I mean? If the Eagles can do that, if the Eagles can just go on the go either on the road or at home and whip the Cowboys in Giants' ass candidly, then I will crown them the best team in the league. But as of right now, I think it's still the Bills. Okay, speaking of a team that can argue for a top team in a league spot right now, the Dallas Cowboys went into Los Angeles. We're talking about the Rams here. They and they beat the Super Bowl champs. 22 to 10. This defense is looking fantastic right now. And, but I think the big story right now, at least in the NFL media, is Cooper Rush still undefeated as the starting quarterback. Nick, what are your thoughts on Cooper Rush and how the Cowboys are doing right now? Cooper Rush is, uh, I think, exactly. He, he, I know the, the, the main story about the game is Elliott and, uh, and Pollard, really a dual, dual back uh, combination that really took over the game. Uh, and led the team down the field in a lot of the instances. Now, obviously, it was that fumble recovery to go up 6-0, uh, and then it was the block punt to get them up 9 nothing. And let's be real, the, 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 that one really uh, that one throw that he that that Stafford made to Cooper Cup was really all of the offense I really saw during the entire game that really was like, yeah, they can get back into the game, but nah, nothing ever really connected past that point for the Rams. This Dallas defense is very good, um, especially headed by Micah Parsons. He's absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, and uh, this this line is going to be very good for a while, I think. Uh, Cooper Rush, I think, did exactly what he needed to do to help the team win the game. And that didn't exactly mean throwing like three touchdowns. It means just giving the ball to his backs and having them win. Cooper Rush uh, is a smart quarterback. That's like, he's a smart quarterback that knows how to keep his great team in a position to win. And that's what he's been doing so far. So happy for Cooper that he's doing well. Always love the backup quarterback. Get some, get some things. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, well, should Dak come back? That's not the story. The story is, and I feel like a question for you, Chanel, is do you think that the Rams are, I think it's time to uh, start panic, hit the panic button for them? In terms of whether they're going to make it back to the Super Bowl? I think in terms of everything, my friend. I think in terms of Super Bowl aspirations, I uh, I think in terms of playoffs in general, I think in terms of record, division, I'm thinking all of it, man. I don't think it's time to hit the concern button quite yet. We're still very early into the season, and we got to remember that. Now, is Matt Stafford looking as good as he was? No, Matt Stafford doesn't look that good right now. I think the defense still looks pretty good for the most part. 
I still think they're very talented. I say, you know, let's 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 wait a little bit before we start hitting the panic button. I think we can hover over it, but I don't think we should be hitting it yet. Because, you know, they have the Panthers. They're going to face the Panthers next, uh, Sunday. And honestly, I if they don't beat the Panthers, then it's time to hit the button. But right. pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure they won't lose to the Panthers. So I think we should be all good there. But let's let's chill out. Let's chill out. Well, well, they, 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 after the Panthers, they do play the the Niners again, and we'll have the Niners whip them again. Then they play the Bucks. Uh, God, I oh, really wow. then they play the Cardinals. Then imagine if the Saints beat them, I would start laughing. I would start laughing if the Saints beat them. Then they play the Chiefs. This is a this a I don't know. I don't know about the Rams. They I I, I it wouldn't be a team that I would think would regress enough. But I'm not. I'm going to be real with you. I think that the Niners have their number. I think the Niners actually might have this division. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but what about Seattle? Seattle could have that division too. You never know. Do you I mean, know Seattle's two and three. Seattle, Seattle is two and three. We got to think about record too. Like we got to think about how bad that they're beating up on their opponent. The Seattle's defense, you know, they're not that good. So I mean, like this, the but the Four Niners defense is, and we know that. So, and we saw this with Jimmy before. We saw how far they can go with Jimmy before. So why can't they just take the division title again? We also saw the Rams win the Super Bowl as soon as last season. That's true, and they did. So yeah. I mean, so don't but, hit the panic button quite yet, man. Don't hit it okay. yet. All right, you hover, know hover. You know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. Let's not hit it just yet, but I don't know. That's all. I don't know. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't know. I'm saying hover over that button, but don't hit it. Now, to end this uh, great football episode, this great sports episode, we're going to be talking about the Rams and the – I'm sorry, not the Rams. We did enough talking about the Rams. We're going to talk about the Ravens and the Bengals. But before we do, don't forget to subscribe to the What's Next podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and RSS.com. These are where you can find the episodes. If you see – the gray, if you see the white clouds, the black background, and the West Next logo, you will find all the episodes on Spotify and RS.com and Apple Podcasts. You can also type in the name Chanel Wilkins, you will find the episode there. I'm actually pretty sure if you type in Nick Provenzato, you can find the episodes as well. But the most important thing to do to help support us is, is follow the Instagram What's Next Podcast underscore. Or underscore what's next podcast underscore. That's the best way to support it. And also downloading the episodes, sharing with your friends, and getting the word out there that the what's next podcast is here, here to stay, and only gonna get better. We have the Ra- we have the Ravens and the Bengals Sunday night football. I had a fun time watching this game. Last second field goal by Mr. Justin Tucker gives the Ravens a big win against their division rivals, the Super Bowl participants. The Cincinnati Bengals. What do you think of this game? Uh, okay. Well, dude, I mean, this game right here, I mean, everything coming out of this game was just as you said, the big old leg of Mr. Justin Tucker. I mean, both quarterbacks didn't look incredibly impressive. I am not going to lie. I mean, Lamar did what he what he did on the ground. He had 58 rushing yards. Um, he had 174 passing yards. He had a touchdown and an interception. Joe Burrow had similar numbers, more accurate, 217 passing yards, but also, uh, like you said, touchdown and interception. Mixon did his thing on the ground, 78 yards. 
but like I said, it was a very low scoring affair for um, the Ravens and the and the Bengals. And it came down to the leg of Justin Tucker. And if you ever hear him on the on the post game interview, is that he loves, he hates, and he is everything in between about those moments, about getting the getting the the final kick in the game and having it all depend on his kick to send the game either to overtime to win it or, like you said, everything else in between. Um, he's obviously going to get. This is just further cements that he's going to be going down as a Hall of Famer in in the future uh, once his once his great career is done. And uh, yeah, that's really much all I have to say about this game. Uh, the Bengals. Uh, I thought that this would be the thing to establish win. You know, this uh, have an early lead on this division, but the Ravens held in there. So credit to the Ravens. Uh, you know, credit to the rest of the team. Uh, we'll see how the rest of this thing goes, but you know. Uh, I still I'm not ready to give up on the Bengals and their and their chances of winning the division just yet because it was still a very relatively low scoring game. But a lot of fans are getting very irritated at Zach Taylor's play calling. But uh, yeah, they're gonna have to figure all that out in a later date. But as of right now, the biggest talking points for me is Justin Tucker, amazing kicker, and he has cemented his legacy once. Yeah, he's one of the top kickers of all time. When it was the final second that you knew Justin Tucker was kicking the ball. I don't think there's too many people concerned on whether he was going to make it or miss it. You know, because that's just a consummate pro. That's just a really talented kicker. So shout out to him. But as far as the game's concerned, you know, low scoring game. I thought both quarterbacks and both teams played all right. Uh, I will give credit to um, Marlon Humphreys. On Jamar Chase, I thought he did a phenomenal job on J- uh, Jamar Chase, and he really bounced back after a really bad game against the Dolphins. He really did. He has really been doing a good job lately on kind of shutting down, not shutting down, but containing the top receivers on opposite opposite teams. So good job by Marlon Humphreys right now. He's been doing a hell of a job. And if the defense continues playing like um, like they did on Sunday night, I think my prediction of the Ravens. Being the top team in the division will only continue. Oh, before we wrap up, though, we need to point out what's going on at the right now, at the very current moment. The Raiders are beating the Kansas City Chiefs as we are about to head into halftime, 17-7. to Yeah, 7-7. I think they're at the two-minute warning right now. And the, yeah. the Raiders got the ball at the... Almost by midfield, so we're going to see what happens in this game. I'm personally going to be tuning in after we're done recording right now because I want to see this Raiders team and what they can do right now against the Chiefs. Well, let's give my boy Nick a chance to tune in. So I'm going to wrap it up by saying thank you all for watching the West Next Podcast, Episode 6 of the Sports Edition. My name is Ben Chanel Wilkins. I've been Nick Provenzano. And in the meantime, enjoy yourself. Don't go out too late. Enjoy life.